I'm Robin Birkin and welcome to the Fertility Warriors podcast, a place for women struggling to conceive to find emotional support, conception advice and real talk. To me, being a warrior means true glory is in rising every time we fall, having the courage to be afraid and being ready for whatever challenges cross our path. So welcome warrior, you're on your way. I promise to support and guide you on every single episode. Let's begin. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Fertility Warriors. We have just had a really cool launch of my program, the Fertility Warrior Intensive. We've welcomed some amazing women. The Facebook group has such a beautiful energy and I am so thrilled to be working with so many amazing women. If you don't know, I run a mind-body program called the Fertility Warrior Intensive. It's pretty in-depth. We go over 12 weeks. We also have guest expert interviews. So we have Monique, a clinical psychologist. We have Alison, a brain care specialist, all sorts of really cool people in that portal, as well as meditations, a yoga, like set of yoga classes and a set of Pilates classes put together, especially for this program. And it's really there to help women, especially like professional type A women. We have doctors, we have nurses, we have teachers, we have lots of people like marketing managers and HR managers. We have women's health physios, all sorts of different people join this program. But usually they are women like me who are type A's just feeling, starting to feel derailed by infertility. You know that formula where you think that hard work equals success and then you work really hard to try and fall pregnant and then it's just not happening. But also a lot of these women have tried a lot of things that haven't worked. Some of them are feeling quite jaded because they've ju- they're just working so hard, strict diets, acupuncturists, all sorts of people. And partly they are wanting to try something new, but they are also wanting something that will support them and feel good at the same time. So sometimes people think when they are considering a program like the Fertility Warrior Intensive that it might, like in talking about infertility more, in exploring these topics and things like that, they wonder whether they'll, you know, like in talking about it more, will you feel worse? Uh, And the case is absolutely not We talk about all sorts of life topics. One of those within the Fertility Warrior Intensive, well, actually two modules, focus on relationships. And we go, obviously, like each lesson is a video lesson from me with slides, with worksheets. It's very, very hard for me to ever give you a comparable amount of insight, perception change. And also, you know, like we're talking in the fertility worry intensive about how we can change our physiology to improve our fertility as well. So it's really, really hard for me to give you that whole package ever over a podcast. But today we are going to touch on some of the topics that we also touch on in the Fertility Warrior Intensive. And we're talking about like when you and your husband don't see eye to eye. And this can happen in like this can happen in so many different scenarios in our lives. But particularly when we're in the fertility roller coaster, there's some really big decisions that you have to make, isn't there? So that's what we're going to talk about today. What to do when you and your husband don't see eye to eye about things, but specifically about things on your fertility journey. And if you'd like to dive further into your relationship, 
into the fears, into your self-confidence, into how you can bring your body and your hormones back into balance to really dramatically improve your chances of conceiving, please go to robinberkencom slash warrior and you can jump on the wait list for the next round of the Fertility Warrior Intensive. We open the doors, you know, like every couple of months. So it happens fairly quickly now. And honestly, like if you look at what the research says, it's a no brainer. Like it's crazy to think that there are so many women out there who are in such incredible anxiety when you could be going, like if you're going through IVF, doing something like this, it doesn't have to be with me. You could be going through like another mind body program or something like that. But knowing what the research says about how that can improve your chances of conceiving via IVF and how many cycles you might need, then to me, it seems like a no brainer. But it's also mind body programs. The thing about them is that you also get these lifelong skills in conflict resolution, emotional resilience, emotional coping skills, daily rituals that will help you cope with pregnancy, that will help you cope with parenting, will help you cope with all of the other scenarios that are going to come in your life to come. So robinberkencom slash warrior. If you'd like to join the wait list to find out when the doors open on the next round, there's no obligation, but you can just put your name on that list and that way you'll be one of the first to know as soon as we are looking at opening the doors. So let's get into it. What do you do when you and your husband don't see eye to eye. And can I just say that sometimes when I'm recording these podcasts, my current podcast editor is a guy called Chris. He's awesome. But I also think it's quite funny when I'm mentioning things like sperm and like how to get your husband on board, because I feel like he's probably listening to this and laughing. So Chris, feel free to have a chuckle at the things that I'm saying. So there's lots of different scenarios when you and your husband might not see eye to eye, and I'm sure you've experienced a number of them before in your life, but today I'm going to give you a few more tips and things like that as to what you can do. The very first thing that I would suggest when you and your husband do not see eye to eye is, well, number one, you're not going to see eye to eye all the time. That's okay. You're two human beings trying to coexist together. So nothing is ever going to be perfect and rosy. Not always, you haven't had the same life experiences. So it's perfectly natural for you to not see eye to eye all the time. But you have to understand that you're not going to get your way all the time. Sometimes there's give, sometimes there's take. Sometimes there's going to be decisions that like he's going to be adamant about and you're just going to have to accept that sometimes there's going to be decisions that vice versa he is going to have to accept even though it's not the path that he would take so compromise is always the name of the game when it comes to marriage no marriage in my belief is ever super perfect there's always going to be times when you know differing opinions and things like that the number one thing that you need to do is Try to see it from his perspective. And the most important thing is why does he feel differently? Like what, whether that's in his upbringing, his relationship with his parents, what he is seeing from his perspective. Is it financial? Is it that he is seeing you? If this, especially, I see this all the time. He's seeing you being completely ripped apart by your fertility experience or your job or whatever it is. And he's like, no, this like this just can't happen. So try to have a real look, not just at 
like the superficial why, but go really deep and, you know, journal on this, have a look at all of the different reasons why he might be a no from this, okay? And have a look at, are you just flogging a dead horse? Like, is this totally a hundred percent? No. Is it just going to cause more grief, more anxiety and things like that in your relationship to continue pursuing a yes from him? Okay. That's hard. Like that's really hard for us to do because we obviously want something, especially when it's a fertility game, we want something really, really badly. And I'm not saying that it's always him wanting something and you not. I can give you an example of when I was trying to conceive Olivia and fertility is a numbers game. Like it's completely just basically like gambling, I feel. And we had the choice to transfer two embryos or one embryo. And the fertility specialist said that the chances of conceiving with one embryo was about 30%, with two embryos was about 40%. So Ross was like, well, I'd rather have two goes at 30% than one go at 40%. And I was the opposite. I was like, no way, Jose, give me two embryos and 40% chance. Like I'm all in and I have become on my fertility journey. I've become such a risk taker. I'm like, I'm all in. Just put all my chips on the table. I'm ready to do this. And I, you know, I truly felt that that was the case. I was the one attending the fertility clinic, things like that. I think the fertility clinic caught wind of it because just before we were due to have our transfer, they were like, "Mm, Ross is going to need to confirm that. And he's like, he signed it. I don't think that they didn't believe me or they just knew that there was some mixed opinions there. And so they insisted on calling him and it became this thing where I had to compromise and say, okay, fine, we're just going to do one embryo. However... Then they defrosted one embryo and it was super dodge. So they were like, meh, you might as well actually implant two. And the fertility clinic then suggested two. So we did end up implanting two, but that was a situation where I just had to roll with it and I had to compromise because, you know, if you think about it, this is why he wants to implant just one. It wasn't going to be the end of the world if we needed to have two retrievals. I knew at this point, this when it was Chloe, my firstborn, and we were in the initial stages of IVF. Every cycle was heartbreaking. Second time around, I was prepared for the process. It wasn't so much about the waiting. It wasn't that I couldn't emotionally cope with it. It was just that I thought that there were better odds with the two. So that's where you've got to come back to his why. He felt there were better chances. He felt uncomfortable implanting two in case that we had twins and we'd had We'd had one baby by then who didn't sleep until she was 19 months. So we were actually pretty terrified of twins. I know a lot of twin mummers and I'm always like, mm, like hats off to you. You're a better woman than me. Twins are hard work. And we often don't go in, like we often don't think about that when we're on our fertility journeys, because of course, when it was, when I was having my first, I was like, can I just have two and get it all over and done with? But once you have those children, like it is, it's higher risk, it's a harder pregnancy. And so you can understand why Ross might have some resistance to that and have a look at whether you are coming from a place of fear and inadequacy. Like what are your motives? So not only what are his motivations for saying no or his motivations for saying yes, but what are your motivations for saying yes? And what are your motivations for saying no? I know that sometimes decisions are really scary, but I really 
sit against making decisions out of a place of fear and anxiety because I don't think that they're always rational and smart decisions. They're not always in our true best interest. And then let's say that you've done all of that. You've had a look at his why. You've really journaled on why that's the, the way that he feels. You've journaled on why you feel that way and you've tried to understand it from his perspective, his upbringing, his life and why he might form the opinion that he has formed. Okay. This can be, like I said, this can be anything. It can be outside your fertility journey. So I had a one-to-one client once and we were talking about like, she was just overwhelmed. She was working full time. She was doing fertility stuff. She was working really freaking long hours. She was going here, there and everywhere to acupuncture appointments and things like that. And one of the things that we talked about was just creating some space and some room to breathe in her life. And we talked about getting a cleaner. She was working in a quite a high level marketing role. And we talked about just getting a cleaner. They could afford it, uh, but he was like, nope, not getting a cleaner. And so the next thing that I would say is to maybe go easy on your husband and say something like, like, is there a compromise that you can make? Or what is the easiest route here to success? And what we ended up doing was saying, okay, well, let's just try it for two weeks and see how we feel about it. And that's a really easy commitment to make. So if you can make a lower commitment, so what is just the next step that you want to take and then take it from there. So not saying yes or no to, you know, like the big whopper or anything like that. So it might be whether you're deciding to go to a fertility clinic or not. And you might say, we can get, we can discuss IVF when we get to IVF, but let's just go and get some tests run, right? So let's make it a smaller milestone. So what she said was, let's try it for two weeks and see how we feel about it. They tried it for two weeks. It was freaking amazing. I would almost sell myself on the street before I ever gave up my cleaner. I tried to give up my cleaner once before because obviously there's a cost involved, but it did not go well. Uh, And so it was actually like in our household, it was better for everyone when we just had a regular cleaner. So try and just get a mini commitment from them, not the whole shebang. Okay. The next thing is to put your case together. And I don't mean where we go wrong often when we're trying to negotiate and talk with our husbands. So number one is the first thing is saying we need to talk. That's basically like saying, I'm going to have a conflict with you right now. Find neutral ground, like a restaurant or something, and then just bring it up. I know that you don't want to go to the fertility clinic. Talk to me about why. Don't say we need to talk or let's have a serious talk about this. Um, Just bring it up and bring it up in like a scenario where it's not confronting. So maybe that's while you're driving in the car. Maybe that's why you're going for a walk uh, and things like that. Pick your time of when you do it. Okay. But one of the places where we often go wrong is that we're not like selling it. We're not painting the picture of the yes or whatever it is that we want. We're basically often just like whinging and arguing the same point over again and over again. And really what you want, and this is comes back to a lot of things in life, you want to paint the picture of the yes. What would make that a big yes from your partner or a big no from your partner? What would, what do you think it would take? So looking at his why and then looking at what the, you know, big yes would be. What would be the benefits to your partner? 
Okay. So something that we also get, we do when people join the Fertility Warrior Intensive Program, one of the questions is, have you discussed this with your husband? And I do think it's always better for husbands to be on board. And let me tell you, it's like sometimes it's 50-50. So I get a lot of testimonials that say, oh my God, my husband said this is the best thing. I'm so different. He's noticed such a change in me. But when people are joining, 50% are like, yes, my husband is like, just do something because this is messed up. But some of, sometimes people are like, my husband doesn't know. I think there are some circumstances when actually we're trying to get buy-in from our husband and it's not necessarily always their decision. Uh, and sometimes only you can know how you're feeling. What decisions and things they are is completely at your discretion. You Only you know that. But sometimes with my husband, I've had times when I've consulted him about things in my business, for example, and then I've come back to it and I'm like, actually, it's my business. I don't take money from our joint expenses for that. Like only business, the business expenses all come from business income. So there's no diving into our own funds for that. And so I've looked back and then I've been like, actually, it's not even his decision. And actually, he probably doesn't even care that much. So there's been some circumstances when I'm like, actually, I don't need to involve him in this decision. And also he can't make the right decision or a rational or logical decision because he doesn't have all the facts and doesn't know all the information. He actually doesn't know very much about my podcast or my business, uh, to be quite frank. I can't imagine many husbands listening to my podcast, but have a look at whether this is your decision or is this just his decision and you're trying to get involved in it or is it truly a mutual decision, okay? There are going to be some times when he'll ask you the question about something and it's actually, you might be like, oh, I don't agree with that, but actually it's not your decision even to make and there's sometimes, and this is so hard for me, can I tell you, I'm so controlling of my husband. Like my husband, I used to be, I'm a recovering controller of my husband, that my husband would have a hard time at work. And so I'd be there trying to fix it and trying to be like, well, why don't you do this? Or why don't you do that? And actually my husband is a grown man and he's an adult and he owns his own successful business that actually he can deal with this himself and that if he like really needs my help, he can 100% come and lean on me and ask me questions about what I think. But on the same token, his intuition and his knowledge about his business is probably a lot more than what like, you know, he knows deep down inside that what the best decision for his business would be. It's not necessarily something that I can provide, although I can provide support, but I used to be this, you know, like real control freak trying to control a lot about what he ate and things like that. And there's a difference between encouraging your husband sometimes and really trying to control them. It sucks, but they are their own person. They're an adult. They need to take sometimes responsibility for things that affect both of you. So sometimes things like fertility, but on the same token, sometimes people need to come to their own decisions first. And I think we always need to come at our partners from a level of respect that they're an adult and they, they are capable of making big decisions themselves. But, you know, like when it comes to things like if you want to see a psychologist or a therapist or a counsellor or you want to join a mind-body program like mine or if you want to see a functional medicine practitioner, then you have to really have a look at, okay, well, what are the benefits to me? What are the benefits to him? What are going to be the consequences of this, like, action? Uh, And really come to them from a place of, 
respect, but also knowing whether like for me, sometimes when it's a matter of just a couple of hundred dollars, it's not, I can let him know, but I can also say, oh, look, this is really going to, this is going to happen. It's going to benefit me. I promise you'll see. You can look at like, what would make this a yes from him? If he says, this is the money, you could say, how would you feel then about me renegotiating our car insurance or looking at other ways, but really looking at, well, what would make your husband say yes to this and explaining in a respectful way if you feel like you need something. So I guess the number one thing that we're looking at is to give him the picture of what it might look like and what the benefits might be of a yes or a no decision, whatever the decision that you want is. So if we look at the decision of, I want to continue trying for a baby, come back to it. Why does he want to quit trying for a baby? Okay. That's going to be your biggest indicator of what you should do next. Is it that he feels too much pressure financially, which is a fair call. Um, so that's where you can say, okay, well, coming from his perspective, this is it. Now, like, yes, it is a financial burden. What can I do to help? Is there something else that I can do? And you can come at it from that angle. But what would make it him feel more comfortable in saying yes, if that's how you feel? Looking at why you want to continue trying to have a baby. And is that because, you know, you just don't feel like your life would be meaningful at all if you didn't have a baby? And then maybe, you need to speak to someone like Tia Gendusa, who is specializes in child-free after infertility. If you just can't financially afford it, he might be looking at this from like the pure black and white that actually it's not going to happen. So you can start looking at, you know, whether you need to supplement your income in another way, which sounded like I'm encouraging you to be a stripper or something. I'm not encouraging that. <laughs> But also, does he feel like this is completely sucking up your emotions? Does he feel like this is sucking up your time together? What are his thoughts on that scenario? And then you can go and say, okay, well, actually, he's got a point. Maybe I'm not coping with this very well at all. Maybe this is starting to take a toll on our relationship. What would then be the next course of action to take and really just stepping into a place of trying to understand his perspective as well as your own? despite how much you want this, I know that you might just like want this so bad, but it's so important for us to take a step back and understand and see whether there's something else that needs to be fixed first in order to go forward. So I feel like that's been a little bit rambling today. I really hope that you can get some, a few little tidbits or at least one aha moment or tip from that podcast in terms of how to go forth with your husband and negotiate those big hard decisions, but just know everybody has those decisions. It's not easy. And we all have to negotiate that kind of stuff every once in a while. If you have any tips or you have any experience, then do reach out to me on Instagram at Robin Birkin and let me know so I can let our audience know as well. Maybe we can do a part two. I'd love to hear your experiences with negotiating things like that with your husband as well. Uh, so if you have any tips, advice, or just even sharing your story, then please reach out to me at Robin Birkin. I would love, love, love to hear from you and to be able to share your experiences with my audience as well. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I cannot wait to speak with you next Wednesday. Bye. Okay, warrior, I need to ask you a huge favor. Did you know that the Fertility Warriors podcast comes out every Wednesday? 
So why not subscribe so that you get notified of future episodes? But also, if you liked this episode, and especially if you're a long-term listener, you would make my day if you would jump into your podcast player and leave me a written review. Seriously, I live for these. But more importantly, they tell the podcast gods that this podcast is helpful so that they can send it out to more people and you can help me help others in the process. I would be ever so grateful for a podcast review. But lastly, Warrior, I need to also let you know I am not a doctor or a dietitian or a financial advisor. I'm me. And the information in this podcast is for information and inspirational purposes only, based on my own experiences. So please don't substitute the information you hear on the Fertility Warriors podcast for professional advice. And know that girl in the world of trying to conceive, there are no guaranteed pregnancy or other outcomes. Please check out my website, robinberkin.com, if you would like to read my full terms and conditions.